Welcome to the DadWork Podcast. My name is Kurt Storing, your host and the founder of DadWork. Today's episode is called Unplug from Mediocrity and Become a Strong Father. My guest is Instagram's finest satirical content creator, the Physique Father. His critiques of the sissy modern culture are scathing, hilarious, and guaranteed to get him canceled again. And if you can stomach a look at the world through reality-tinted glasses and have the guts not to be offended, he's a must follow. Much to my relief, this was a very civil conversation. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to catch up or keep up with the satire and hilarity that Physique Father lays down on Instagram. But he was very grounded. He was very wise. He had gone through a lot that had shaped him until this point in time. And I think he delivers a message that more men need to hear, namely that we need to be stronger dads. We need to stop letting the modern world dictate what our values are. We need to start looking at truth and good and beauty and move forward from a place of authenticity and integrity. Today we talk about the journey from being a soy father to the physique father, the dangers of not having direction or purpose as a man, why most men chasing women, money, and status miss the point and wind up getting sucker punched by life, lessons on how to become a strong, confident, authentic man by using shame and embarrassment as motivation, why you're failing as a dad if you're hunched over your phone looking like a question mark while you're at your kid's sports practice, that's another physique quote, and what's wrong with the world today and how not to get sucked into it. Now, guys, if you want to get reality pilled, I don't mean red pilled, I don't mean white pilled, I don't mean any of that. If you want to get reality pilled and you can take some scathing critiques of the modern world, you can find the Physique Father online at Instagram.com slash Physique Father's Revenge. That's Instagram Physique Father's Revenge, spelled F-I-Z-E-E-K Father's Revenge. You can find all this in the show notes, dad.work slash podcast. All right, guys, this is awesome. I'm really glad to have Matt on the podcast today. And uh, if you have been enjoying this, please leave a review. I'm seeing more come in, which is so encouraging. And uh, more and more men are listening to this podcast, which I can only assume means that more and more dads are showing up better for their families. So if you've enjoyed it, please leave a podcast review on Apple, leave a rating on Spotify. If you're not following me already on Instagram, what are you doing? I've got almost 50,000 men following me, joining the dad work community where we are becoming dads who are harder to kill, easier to love, and ready to lead our families. With that, here's the episode. Let's go. All right, dads, we're back for another episode of the Dad Work Podcast. I have got Matt, the one and only physique father on the podcast today, and I'm really excited to talk to you because you're satire drew me in originally. And it was just such a scathing critique of the modern world in a way that I think needs to be shown. But what I was curious about specifically was your journey from, you know, you might call it soy fatherhood to physique fatherhood. Um, I think like you've commented before on just, you were lost in um, chasing career and all these things that didn't lead you to happiness. And now here you are from the looks of it and the sounds of it, much more connected, much more grounded, obviously much more jacked uh, and presumably showing up as a better dad. So I'm curious what that, honestly, like the origin story, to be honest, I think there's probably a lot in there and maybe we can use that as a jumping off point for other conversations. But would you mind walking through sort of where you were before you became a dad and what that looked like when you did become a dad and, and then until this point on? Yeah, for sure. So the orange, the origin story of a supervillain like me, the physique father, <laughs> um, <laughs> prior to being who I am, I was, I guess I was the soy father. I, um, I, I literally had, you know, drank soy frappuccinos from Starbucks. <laughs> Fun fact, but, but, you know, at the time, I guess, you know, I grew up in quote unquote normie world, I think like most of us. So a lot of like what, 
drove me in life was like, I, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to get a career. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to get, um, you know, a wife, a house. I'm going to go to my job. I'm going to put money in my briefcase and then I'm going to come home and, you know, have a family. So at least, you know, in terms of uh, what the modern world expects, I still wanted a family even prior to this. And it's kind of always been like my, my dream and goals in life. But, you know, I just kind of just ran through life without thinking about exactly why I wanted a family, what it meant to be a father, what it meant to be, you know, a husband, um, what that encapsulated, you know, like everything in terms of when you marry someone, you don't, you don't just marry a woman, you marry into her family as well. You know, what does that look like? What does it look like when you're a dad? What kind of man do you want your children to be, right? I think a lot of guys, they just go through these motions. They're just like, you know, am I good at my job? Do I do this? And do I acquire the new next thing? Um, and for me, I did a lot of things where I did run into a lot of success early on. You know, I did get a house. I got married. Um, I got, my, you know, my son was born at the time. Uh, it was like one and I had a really good career. Um, and I was, you know, making pretty good money. Like I bought, <clears throat> I was able to like buy our cars with cash. Like I, I was just doing really well for myself. I had a large team at a company I worked for. Um, and you know, I was, this is all before I was like 30. So like, I, you know, like when, you know, you see all those memes where it's like, oh, I'm going to make it or we're going to make it. You got all the things like I did that really early on, but I'd never asked myself just really deep philosophical questions. And I feel really stupid now, like looking back at it because, you know, my ex-wife at the time, she was, you know, she was really religious. She came from a really good family. And there was a lot of things that she, that she valued that I, I never asked her really why. All I cared was like, oh, I'm just going to make her my wife. And I, I never like dove into, you know, why she believed those things with God and all this other stuff. So when I, um, you know, even when I got married and her, her dad would talk about the Bible, I didn't really, you know, just kind of glazed over in my head. Um, and something was missing. And even though I had all the things like, you know, like I, the house, the cars, you know, my son, my baby son, her, uh, a lot of me just didn't know what I was doing. And I kind of spiraled out of, you know, out of control. I let temptation get the best of me. Um, and just being completely transparent, like I, I ended up cheating on my wife. I hadn't, that kind of spiraled into me losing like literally like everything in my life. Uh, I lost, you know, obviously the house, you know, um, then there's like the division with being divorced and like the time I have with my son, like literally all, like most of my assets, cause it's so expensive. I'm out here in China, California. So everything is <laughs> super expensive and the court systems are just brutal. And a lot of it, whether I felt like it was, you know, I did a bad thing, but some of the stuff, the way that it works out for a father's is really hard. Um, whether it was fair or not, it forced me to really take a deep dive into my entire life. Like I, you know, people talk about like uh, the red pill, this and that. Like I literally must have spent, I don't know, almost <laughs> almost seven years diving into like everything I could to figure out like why nothing ever made sense about my life. And I think it's so, that's why I can have sympathy for normies because when you start to peel back the layers, you're like, why is this so expensive for, um, you know, childcare? Why is, why is there this much money being taxed on me? Like, you know, like I don't even have this much money. This is unfair. Then you like start going into the government and then 
you know, like you're like, why did my marriage fall apart with this? And then you go into the sexual dynamics, like the red pill stuff. Like there's just so many things that, you know, I went down these twists and turns and, and blah, 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 of like trying to figure out all this stuff that, and I love my dad, I love my parents, but there's just things that I was like, nobody ever taught me the importance of this. Nobody ever taught me what it, like my dad never sat me down and said like, oh, this is what it means to be a father or a husband, you know, stuff I've been rambling about. Um, was it, what do you, what kind of future do you want for your son and this and that? So I've had to take a, a really deep dive, a deep dive into like what I wanted to be and like map that out. And because most people are, you know, I'm not trying to like disparage people because there's a lot of good qualities I have like in my family and friends, but most people are super blue pilled. So I couldn't get any solid advice from anybody. I had to almost, you know, dig super deep within myself. And I, you know, I've been to my church men's group um, and tried to like make, you know, new friends because my old friends, they was, they were kind of giving me the same kind of soy advice, you know, you know, like be vulnerable or, you know, there's just so much bad advice out there. It was so hard for me to find. And I think, you know, that's why it's on you. Whenever I give advice, I think it's because there's so few men out there that people can really find solid answers from. And I think I've found at least some good ones along the way. And that's how I, you know, I became physique father, um, I literally took everything I ever learned and just literally rebuilt myself from the ground up. So that's kind of like my, (laughs) my origin story, I guess, man. Yeah, no, there's a lot, a lot to go in with that. Um, And I I think I want to start with maybe the, the why you were in that place in in the first place. Um, And I think you mentioned like you had nobody to to teach you and I resonate with that. Like I look back and same sort of thing, love my dad, love my parents. And I'm just like, dude, why didn't you teach me anything? Like literally nothing. Never sat me down. There was no talks about anything. It's like, what, what, what were you doing this whole time? Um, yeah. And so I've got, you know, some sympathy for men in that position where it's like, well, I guess I'm just going to do what society tells me because that's just the biggest thing in the room to guide us. Was that similar to you where you're just like, well, I don't know why I'm doing any of this, but I'm just going to do what everyone else wants of me. Was it just that comfort in doing what everyone else was doing? Yeah, no, what it, it, it was that comfort of doing what everybody else was doing. Um, I think uh, <laughs> I will say this one thing about me when I was when I was um, growing up, I was kind of a troublemaker. So kind of like how I am now. Um, <laughs> and I think yeah, for, I was going to say not much has changed. Right? Not much has changed. But I think that uh, I think when my family saw that I rose to the occasion, you know, like I built this career. I did get, I did get a girl. I, I got married. I, you know, I became a father, a husband. I think especially like with my, um, my parents, they were like super proud. They were like, wow, like you did all these things. And I think part of me subconsciously was like, yeah, like I, you know, I, I could do something. And I think I try to like, you know, show them that I could, but I, you know, to your point, like you, you don't, you never ask like, okay, well I show them, but like, what does it mean for me? It was never like, you know, all the questions that we pros now, like you ask, you're trying to help other men, like none of that. It was just like, Oh man, do all the things. And for what, like tell mom and dad, like, Hey, I did it. And and then you have this big empty hole inside of you and you can't figure it out. And you know, you're in a cube and you're like, what am I doing? None of this makes any sense. Why does it feel so unnatural and human? You know? So yeah. yeah. What were some of those thoughts then? Cause I like just personally, I don't, know what it's like to be in sort of the corporate world. I worked in government when I was like out of university and on the political side of things. And then I just like 
left to become an entrepreneur. I just like, you know, started my own businesses and I've been doing that for 10 years. So I don't even know what it's like to be fully enmeshed in the matrix, if you will. But what were some of those things? And I'm, I'm asking specifically because I bet there are people listening who, if they're like, oh, I feel that daily. What do you mean? That's not normal. Like, were there things that were sort of red flags in hindsight that you were feeling misery or loss or something like that? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> despite my bullying, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit sappier. I don't know. I, I, I really like, you know, every day when I'd leave for work, my son would be like, bye dad. And you know, he's like super tiny little baby and he'd wave goodbye at the front door. And then you'd go to an office where everybody has, um, these like almost like fake pretentious airs, like where it's like everything, everything is so plastic. Everything is like, uh, um, an affectation, right? Like everybody is just <laughs> pretending to have like these fake rules kind of like, which is also spread out to the larger society. Right. Um, everything's affectatious where it's like, you know, like we have to do like these, these certain rules or logistics by, by HR or through the business and stuff like that. And, um, the corporate world is very similar to like, uh, a lot of the, uh, um, it just mirrors like clown world so well, right. You have like these women, you have a lot of women in like powerful positions where it's like, Oh, we got to do this just because just they're feeling this way. Or like women would cry and you just are like, why am I here? Like, I, I wish I'd used my skills for anything else than this to be in this corporate hellhole, this like dump uh, this fake, this fake trash land of cubes and processes. And I don't know. It just feels like, uh, everybody there is like a pearl clutcher and like an automaton you know, it's like, oh, maybe if I'm good, maybe, my, maybe if I'm a good boy, I'll get this like 1% or 2%. Um, and then also like, you know, for the positions that I was in, I was also like dealing with, you know, high above. So like I had 20 people working underneath me, like a team that I built. And then I also had to deal with like, you know, the C-suite. So I'd be dealing with them and they'd be like, oh, behind the scenes, like, oh, we're going to sell the company or we're going to, you know, <laughs> siphon out parts of this and that. We're going to make cuts and this and that. Or, you know, we need all these things from you, Matt. And then at the bottom, then I have all the, other workers who feel like the people at the top owe them everything and everything is my fault, you know, because both ways. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care about this company at all. And I don't care about any of their, what we're delivering. I don't care about any of this. So, you know, it makes it like, for me, I was just like, wow, I'm missing, you know, my son and, um, you know, just what is the point of all of this and how long do I have to do this for? And I don't think a lot of people, realize the reality of it and 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 i always write about like the like the cat lady or the dog mom <laughs> but that's the reality you know i'm like you're trading everything away for this this is what you want you want this kind of you think this is power this is miserable this is this is sad you know yeah no that's um man that that hits and especially when it's like the the thing that you're right up against is that you know one-year-old at home waving by and yeah. there better be a damn good reason why you're going to do all that stuff. And I think that a lot of people just go, well, yeah, that's what we're supposed to do, though. We ought to provide. It's just, you know, modern society. We can't all afford to have, you know, stay-at-home wives, bro. We got to get, like, you know, one job for each of us, and then we can pay someone else to take care of the kids. But then, like, what are you putting as the value in your life? You're putting right. the cube world. You're putting, like, the climbing the corporate ladder. And so, like, you, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of steps in between here. But what have you seen now in your life to be the answer 
to that. Like, are you in corporate right now? Are you doing your own thing? Uh, was it hard to get out of? What does that journey look like just in terms of purpose and supporting yourself in the you know trash world, as you say, because you still got to live here. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I mean, I do a lot of contract work now. So, I mean, I have a whole suite of skills that I do. So like, you know, it's <clears throat> in terms of like what I can do in like my own profession, I'm always in demand. So like, I'm, I'm fortunate in that way. Um, but I, I think like whatever skills you do have, like I think people should be working towards more of like, you said you're an entrepreneur, like that entrepreneurial spirit. Like I'm, I, I think it's fine if you work in a company, like there are good companies, but um, I feel like that, you know, we always default to that being the end all be all, but I feel like there's just a multitude of ways that you can live your life. And, you know, um, I think I'd seen a thing recently where a lady <laughs> gets paid like $10,000 to just name babies. And I'm like, you know, you can make money anywhere. You just have to leverage right. it. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> Yeah, she names Chinese babies, isn't she, with English names? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. That's funny. Really? Yeah, there, there's something like that. There's a yeah, there's a, a woman in like these in the U.S. somewhere, and she charges whatever it is to have like the 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 you know English name, so to speak, for the the Chinese people, um, which is you know as niche as you can get. And there you go. So, <laughs> um, I, okay, so there must have been so much stuff that happened to get to this point. I know you touched on some of that. But going back to the sort of tipping point, going back to the Mack truck that sort of hit you, um, you made a bad decision. Your life is you start, suddenly turned upside down and you go down the sort of red pill rabbit hole. Does everything come out of that? Did you find like everything you were looking for in that? And maybe another way to look at it is like, what were these specific things in life that changed? You know, like you, you got into fitness, obviously. You, you know, became a better father, presumably along the way what things had to change in your life to get you to where you are now? And what does that look like differently? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good question. And I think because, you know, you pros like with your audience, like actionable things. So I can tell you everything that I did wrong and, um, and what I don't do now. And I think some of those things were, you know, my first wife, uh, I guess my ex-wife, I don't have, I didn't have another wife, but (laughs) Okay. I know I, I had known her since I was like 15. And so I had done all the mistakes where I chased her like to the ends of the earth and back, you know, like, and she had moved away to find herself, like all, all in, I'm going to go find myself in like some other, you know, some other spot. And I would, she, she had moved to LA. I'm in, I'm in San Diego, but I would, I would drive to LA if she like called me and, and like drive just two hours just to just see her for 30 minutes, like stupid things like that. Like, so, um, it's just so weak. And I, like, I literally just kind of almost changed who I was, um, you know, and, and that's bad in, in many ways. Cause right. Like I was lying to her and then I was, I wasn't being like, I hate this word, but like authentic, <laughs> you know, wasn't cause that word's been hijacked, but I wasn't being right. my real self, you know, it's kind of like masking that. Um, and I kind of wasn't, you know, I think when you mold yourself around somebody else, you also, um, you lose your inability to lead or take charge or own things. Cause you, you, I'd centered everything I was doing around her. So, you know, like, um, everything was around like what I thought she wanted. So I'd acquiesce a lot of those things. And I think that kind of led me to also be like kind of unhappy in marriage. Um, and then at the same time, I think like, uh, what, what are the things that I'd done? I think 
I also got comfortable with her, you know? So getting comfortable with her, like I let myself, I let myself go. Like I, I got, I literally got fat. Um, and those are just kind of like, those are just two things like, you know, chasing a woman and just, just being everything for her. Like the, like the Disney stuff we, like we used to watch Disney movies together. So like when I make fun of Disney and all that stuff, like I'd know every Disney movie. Cause like I was literally the, the target audience, a child, you know, like a, an adult baby man. Um, right. Anyways, after I got divorced, I continued to make the same mistakes. Like some guys, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a little bit of a white pill when I see all these younger guys who are like just way ahead of the curve. For me, it took me a long time to figure all this stuff out. Um, but after I got divorced, cause I just continued to make the same mistakes, you know, got into another relationship. I did not lift at all. I became like literally the same size I have now, but like 50 pounds, 50, 60 pounds lighter, uh, drinking soy, letting her boss me around. Um, <laughs> and that's why I think our, our relationship failed, but I, you know, I, I just wasn't following through on what I should be doing either. Like I was so still kind of depressed from being divorced. I was like, I don't even know where I'm going to go. And that kind of subtracted from like, um, how I was as a father. Cause I'm like, Oh man, I got to keep this girlfriend. Cause if I don't keep this girlfriend, then it just, you know, and then my marriage that, you know, like my failed marriage and I'll fail at this and I'll, I'll never get another girl. So I kept thinking about in terms of like women, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do this for this girl. And I detracted from me being a good father. Cause I was just trying to hold on to my girlfriend. I had no purpose. I wasn't trying to do my own thing. I lost sight of active, like, you know, hanging out with my friends and the gym and all this other stuff. And so, I mean, clearly like the, my relationship did fail with that girl. And I realized that what had happened was I just completely made all the mistakes that, you know, like so many guys do. I was, you know, trying to be the nice guy. I was trying to like, you know, be there for the, for the girl. And I forgot who I was and I wasn't even lifting weight. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go full in on, on myself. And that it's really simple, but it translates to you being a good father. And to your, you know, you're saying like, I went back to the barbell and I went back to routine, like just really the basics, cleaning up my diet, um, being present with my son and just trying to find my own purpose. And when you do those things, like when you go to the gym every day or like, you know, focus on your nutrition and you, you know, just make a regimen out of your own life, then you start to apply that to everything else. And it really helped with me being a, a good father because I was able to do that with my son. And it made me, it forced me once I started to like go to the gym and like, you know, really almost not in a, in a vanity kind of way, but like measure my, my physique or my progress. It also, also I, it forced me to think like what kind of progress do I want to have for my son. And also it, I, for the first of my life, I was like, what does my son even think of me? You know what I mean? A lot of dads don't even think that like, mm what, how do my, how does my son see me? You know, what does this mean? And when you wake up to all the things that you want to be and, you know, you're, I was like, I was finally like, Oh man, like now there's no woman in my life. Not that I'm not that I'm saying I don't want a woman, but like when you take the time to think about what you want to be as a man, you start to realize, Oh, who do I want to be as a dad? Um, you know, I'm not distracted by a, a girl anymore. And you start to really, uh, dive deep into that, like super deep, which I feel stupid doing this later in life because I had never done that. I had only done like surface level analysis of like what I wanted to be. And so now I keep trying to sharpen that, like who, who do I want to be for my, my kid and 
what I want him to do. And like, I try to be really deliberate. I'm like, you know, with my son, like what kind of sports does he like? What does he want to get into? And, you know, trying to instill what I'm doing into him. And it, it's amazing because when I do it with him, he, it's amazing with boys. Like he's just so hungry for it too. He's like, Oh yeah, I want to do this. Dad, I want to do that. I'm like, wow. So, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot there. I'm rambling a lot. Yeah. No, that's good, man. And I'm kind of curious about this moment of clarity because it's like, okay, you jumped into this new relationship, things didn't work out. And I I assume that most guys would just be like, well, you know, she's a bitch. I'm going to move on because like, oh, I'm I'm stuck in my ways and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, oh, I'm just going to go like hit the barbells now. Like, why? <laughs> Where did that come from? Um, I think, I think, I think part of it the, with, well, with the, with the barbells, it was like, I think I had needed to um, unleash <laughs> some aggression. Like, and I was, I, I, I mean, I literally looked in the mirror and I was like, I look like a exoskeleton. Like, like literally, I, I would not pass the physiognomy test. Like, people would make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, to- at the time, at the time, I remember um, my ex girlfriend. She was like, she- <laughs> this is so embarrassing to talk about, but she. Uh, she had met this Marine guy, right? And he's like, this Jack Marine guy. And um, she was like, oh, like, what do you think of Marines? And I was like, well, cause my brother is a Marine. And I was like, I don't know. They're, they're oh, like a lot of my family's Mar- Marine Corps actually. But I was like, I don't know. They're cool. And, you know, it's kind of like one of those things with social media. It's liking all our like bikini photos. And I was like, oh gosh. Um, and part of me was just like, you know, when that, when that happened and I confronted her, like that's kind of like, kind of like the catalyst that just ended it like within like a few days. Um. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to turn myself into a monster and just go full in into what I know I'm capable of um, and just return to who I know I could be. Like, despite us, you know, despite how soy I'd become and, and weak and fragile, I was like, I never want to feel this way again. And I never want to return to this point. I never want to be like a broken man. I know I can do this. Um, and so I just hit the gym and I just started going. I just had so much, um, so much pent up, I don't know, uh, aggression and disappointment in me. That was the kind of the catalyst for me going to the gym. And then it started to transform into me just being like, okay, well, how far can I take this more for myself and myself? And I think, yeah. So to your point, it was more like, (laughs) (laughs) I got, I got, I got fueled because I was like, okay, I have to become the man I know I should be because I got, I got out muscled by a bigger man. <laughs> yeah. Classic. That, what, what comes to mind is like, I'm curious if you think that has been healed in you, you know, you, you were looking at the women, you were chasing your ex-wife and you then, you know, took on this massive uh, physique transformation because of the feeling that you had with this other woman. Has that gone away? Are you fully on board with who you are now and doing it for yourself? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I wish I was this way all, you know, all along. Um, I think a lot of people asked me about like um, training or you know physique stuff. I, I'd actually did a lot of training early on, like when I, even when at a young age. But I just put down the barbell for a long, long time. You know, like when I suddenly got comfortable. But now I, now I do all of it for myself. Um, it, it really taught me to. I hate saying this. It sounds like a, like a, uh, like a, like something like a fat chick would say in like this new, like <laughs> new body positivity <laughs> app or ads where it's like, love yourself. Um, 
it really taught me to value myself like like um and remember that uh and even though like i had like sorry about that different text even though i had um you know my ex-wife and that ex-girlfriend like i remember there are times when i was single where i had you know i was kind of like a little bit of a I sound like a douchebag saying this, but I did have a lot of girls that chased me and, <laughs> and I uh, kind of like let that go. Like, you know, like you get so focused on one chick or, you know, you, you, you go into that, you kind of like devalue yourself. And I realized that you, if you, if you, I'm not saying if you get married or if you have a wife or a girlfriend, like you don't respect them and, and do all the things for them. Right. But like, don't ever lose the value of who you are as a man or the things that you, you need to do in life or like your friends um, or your, like, you know, like the, your, your purpose, your job, whatever that may be your job or what else. So, um, so for me, I hold on to it really. This is one thing I'm like, okay, if, you know, if I get into a relationship, I, I'll, I'll never let this go because it's good for the relationship as well. You know? So it's completely. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't want to be your mission. She doesn't want to be the thing that you're working on, uh, to exactly. fix and to, to build up like that should be you and you'll be able to lead better that way too. No, absolutely. Right. She doesn't want, yeah, she doesn't want to babysit you. She doesn't want like a little boy that like, you know, dresses up or whatever. She wants to be part of like your, you know, she's like, oh, that guy's a fun guy. He's cool. I want to be part of the things he do. It's like kind of you and you see a chick. It's not like, you know, you want her to, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. You said it well. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> the, um, the other piece that obviously we should get touch on is more of that um, fatherhood thing, because I think we went from, you wanted the wife, you wanted the kids, you wanted the job. And then it was like, you know, kind of blew it up. Oh no, this sucks. Then you're going through, you're sort of red pilling yourself and you're, you're continuing to grow. You hit the barbell. And what does that look like from sort of putting your son second to these relationships to now? Uh, what have you learned along this journey that a father should do? And what are the things that you are actually doing today to bring him up, to make sure that he goes through the stages of being, you know, a, I don't know if you've read, um, what is it called? Father by God, I just read by John Eldridge. He's like, you got to be the beloved son. Then you got to be the cowboy. Then you got to be the warrior and all these like steps to become a man. Uh, what does that process look like for you raising a son these days from where you came from? Yeah, at least for my, for my son, um, <laughs> I'll speak of the barbell. I, for Easter, I got, <laughs> I got him a little Easter gift. I got him a five pound dumbbell. And so... <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> nice. Cause he'd, he'd seen my, he'd seen my dad, my dad is doing like rehab cause he has some trouble with his lungs. And so like they gave him a, my dad, my dad had a pink barbell and, um, I was making fun of my dad for it. I was like, did you borrow these from mom? Or that's a whole other story, but I got my son, I got my, I got my son a barbell. And so every now and then I catch him and he's like seven, he'll be like working out and he'll like see himself, like his reflection in the fireplace window. And he'll be like, like flexing or like take his shirt off (laughs) he's like dad i'm strong um and i think in terms of like what it means for how i raised him i think it's kind of like setting an example for him like you know like you you know why do you want to have a strong body um you know having a strong mind um and i think he sees that and especially like in terms of like the discipline because he he translates that into like his uh his activities, whether it's like school or he's in like also in like swimming karate, he's really dedicated to those things. Cause he's always talking about, you know, I, I always let him be a kid, you know, obviously, but he's always like in the future, dad, he's like, when I'm big, 
he's like, I'm going to be stronger than you. <laughs> I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be like a really good karate champion. He's like, I'm going to own my own karate studio. And I think it's because of that, like that, that drive of like instilling in him, like, Hey, if you do these things and if you work at it, you can do those things. You have to put in the time and you have to put in the effort. Um, and so I just try to, I just try to lead by, by example. And, um, you know, in terms of like the masculine thumos that we kind of like try to like, you know, display here. Uh, that's what I try to do with him as well. He kind of also, I kind of, um, he kind of mogs me cause he also has it kind of naturally. So, which is promising, but, um, at least for him, it's, it's always just about setting an example and then answering any of the questions. Cause I, at least with my kid, he asked me a million questions and I try to answer them the best I can. I try not to be like, not now I'm on my phone. Um, I try to give him solid answers or I try to question him too. I'm like, well, why do you think this Ben, you know, like, you, you know, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't know, you know, um, you needed, you need to know the reasoning behind things. Cause I feel like a lot of times like dads will be like, they don't really pay attention to what their kid is asking. And sometimes they don't even say like, well, why they just say, Oh, just because. And I think you kids are a lot smarter, a lot smarter than you think they are. And so when you give them a why, then they can, they're able to like answer questions for themselves a lot better. So I try to do that with my son. Yeah. Nice. Are, are there other principles or activities or I don't know, even like role models that you look at for fatherhood? Because for me, it was so hard becoming a dad. Like I became a dad at 23, had no support, was like deeply hurt and alone and just took it out on them and, you know, yelled at them and was scary to my wife and kids. And I just like had no idea what to do. So I struggled for like at least five to seven years of just being like the worst dad and I finally figured it out. And that's sort of like the whole reason that I'm doing this now. But like, where did you look to go from <laughs> the soy father uh, to not only like the physique father, but also like the intellectual physique father or the the heart-centered physique father? Like, where where did you go for that? How did you figure that out? Was that all just like loving yourself first? And if, if we can use that language uh, without being, you know, all the things that are bad in the world? <laughs> um. I, I think in terms of like uh, the intellect, the intellectual side, I don't, I don't reveal that as much on my Instagram account, but um, I have a, I have a massive library. Like I, I, <clears throat> I probably own over like close to 6,000 books. Like I used to read um, profusely. Like I, 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 that was one of the things that consumed me, but also it's one of the things I warn against because it can really, you know, in a quest for not like a quest for knowledge can destroy you. You know, I always wanted to be like, Oh man, like I have to find the answers. I have to, I have to fi- figure this out. Um, and that just ate up so much time. Like I, I was literally reading the way I train now. So like I would go, I would wake up early to read books and try to find answers and philosophy and stuff like that. And I think a lot of what we see sometimes is you see like over, over philosophizing. I'm like, what do I, how do I do this? Like, how do I be a good father or how to be a good man or how do I do this? Or sometimes people like will pros like Nietzsche. Like, I think I said this on with Will, like, um, how do I, you know, take Nietzsche's pros, but just say it in a different way. And you see a lot of that where it's like, you know, that's why I'm more of like more of a man of action. Like, you know, the Ryan Mickler kind of thing now where it's like, you have to learn by doing that. You have to, you know, be that person in the world and, just be in the moment. So like with my son, I guess in terms of like the intellectual side, I try to, 
I'm almost on a quest now to just figuring that out by, by, um, by being present. And that sounds kind of like hippie new age kind of like kind of stuff. But if I'm there with my son, I can find those answers. But, you know, I'd say like in terms of actual reading or anybody I look to, um, I think there's a lot of probably like the same kind of, you know, cliche answers, which I think are really actually really good. Like you're saying, John Eldridge, um, you know, Jordan Peterson, or even reading the Bible, or probably a lot of the guys in our sphere, whether it's like Ryan Mickler, um, or even like Tanner, but a lot of those things that like what I was saying is like a lot of those guys are just saying like, Hey, take action. And you'll, you kind of figure out the answers that way. Right. Like rather it's not like it's ne- nothing ever too convoluted. Right. Like what's Ryan Mickler's it's like protect, provide and preside. So preside, you know, to yeah. me, it's kind of like, you're just in the moment and then protect and provide, like, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to give these things to your, your kids. Like these are things you need to do. And I think part of that's also attention. Um, or like Tanner, for example, was a big influence on me, Tanner Guzzi, because he's like, okay, focus in on your aesthetics. And that kind of like translated to the, the barbell for me, because I realized that like, oh man, I dress really dorky, really sloppy. And also my physical body looks like, it looks like crap right now. And when I started to um, dive deep into it and pick up the barbell and lift and all that stuff again, it, it really forced me to look at my inner ethos and be like, oh, once I was matching it, like, you know, like my body, I was like, well, who am I on the inside? Like, what do I want to project? It's almost kind of like a LARP where it's like, well, I want to be like a hero, but then like, you know, like an ancient hero or a warrior, but you're like, maybe I can be. And you start to just drill into that. And a lot of this, you know, wisdom or action, these simple things, um, it's really the simplest things that kind of like make you wiser. Um, and it comes from like doing things in the world or doing things with your kids or making the best of yourself. Not so much from like books, just simple items of, uh, of action. If any of that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I, it totally does, man. And then talking about presence and actually doing things. Um, I think you picked up on it exactly, which is like people just want to learn the answer somewhere else other than their, themselves. And I think we're sort of given this ability to see what is actually true in the world and to discern for ourselves. And we've given up that power. It's yes. almost like, well, yeah. source, you know, it's like, it's the source. Yeah. thing. Go out in the yeah. world and do it. And then trust yourself that you have the ability to like discern what's true. And I have taken so long to get there, man. It was just like, well, I don't know, like other people have their ideas maybe that's okay. But then it's like, no, it's wrong, actually. Like the way of the world right now is wrong in many ways. And I can tell. And I don't yeah. need to be like, I don't need to find a source for my inbuilt knowledge of like, yeah, this is wrong. Um, so yeah. actually that, even though it sounds super simple, that is in fact one of the most powerful things that I've ever done, which is just like be, go do stuff. Stop like, you know, canoodling and thinking and like intellectualizing and philosophizing. Like you're not a Socrates or something like that. And like, you know, that didn't work out that well anyway. Um, but you know, like do stuff. So I don't know. Is there any follow up to that? Um, that you got? Well, no, that's, I think you said it really well. It's really funny that you said that because, um, like the intuition for the longest time, I was like, I don't know anything. Like what, who am I to say anything? Or like, who am I to just go through on my, I'm yeah. On my perceived like, um, ideas, you know, yeah, source. Where's your got a source for that? Um, <laughs> but I just started to go full on until I'm like, okay, well, this is this is what I think. This is this is how I believe. Um, I think I have a good base now for like to just form formulate my own ideas. Even when I write posts or create stories on Instagram, I used to go more into my books. Okay, like I have like an Evernote of thousands of quotes and 
and like notes I took on books or uh, I don't even do any of that anymore. Like I just, I just go from within like the voters. <laughs> that was more of like a roast, but I just go, I'm like the more I rely on other things or outsource like what I believe, then I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm not actually like, you know, have you heard of the term proprioception where it's like you learn how to walk or like navigate the world or it's like a physical bio biology thing. It's like, you know, if you do gymnastics, proprioception is like you start, your body starts to learn the mechanics of it. But I kind of apply that same thing to like wisdom. When you do that in the world and you proprioceate, proprioceptive the world and you do that, you start to understand yourself better to your point about intuition. And I think a lot of people defer to everyone else with themselves and they wonder why they're so like angry or feel like something's missing because it's like you're not you. Yeah, that's well said, man. There, there's no, um, there's no grounding. It seems yeah. like you're supposed to just do what everyone else is doing, but everyone else is doing what everyone else is doing. And they're just like, there's no point of, I plant my flag here. This is reality. This is truth. Let's move on from here. It's just like, you just get further and further away from what feels good, what feels right, what is right. And I use feel in a very careful way. Um, because I think that there are truths that you can come to just by experience. So that man, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where we go from here because there's obviously a lot in the fatherhood space in terms of like, what else? Like, okay, what else does fatherhood look like? What about single parenting? And you can talk about that if you want, but I'm kind of curious if you have like, I don't know, a, a somewhat well put together idea of like, what is wrong with the world? <laughs> like, where do we go so wrong and how do we get back? And I think that's sort of like perhaps your whole shtick on Instagram. Um, but do you have a reasonable thesis for that? that we can go into in the last 10 minutes here yeah i mean i feel like where to, where to start i think uh it's kind of like the um what is it the hard times <laughs> hard times create strong men strong men create good times good times create weak men i think that's kind of like where we're at you know i think a lot of people think that everything around us is normal right they like uh the corporate culture or even even air conditioning or your toilet or you know your refrigerator people take all of it for granted like they think this is all normal that's why it's so absurd to me when you know like the really extremism the the really extreme kind of stuff with like the uh you know whether it's like transgenders or stuff like that where everything is almost like inhuman of like you can change exactly who you are i'm like or even even stuff where i'm like strongly you know against like abortion where you know, it's like, oh, well, because that's a hot topic right now. It's like, oh, you can just kill it. You can kill the baby because it's a right or, you know, stuff that like a Bernie Sanders would say, like, everything's a right. This is a right. That's a right. I'm like, none of it's a right. And none of it is guaranteed. And a lot of what you see right now is like, it's fake. Like, it's very nice that we do have air conditioning or cars and phones and like that. But you can only live this hedonistic, moral, relativistic lifestyle because of technology you know it's allowed people to get abortions which i don't advocate for or anything like that or like you know like the the pill all this kind of stuff it's kind of like untethered man from the reality of nature of himself and of the world and you have all these people who take it for granted and it's it's really disparaging to me because it's not just that these guys you know like men are weak it's almost like they're cowards too right they're and they're almost evil about it because they can't contextually see that what the world that they live in was built by strong men. It took, you know, 
people to put in like the piping system, the concrete, everything else that connects us, right? The system, the utilities, everything else that, 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 that they, that men have built in this world. Um, you know, like I think one kind of like cliche line, like women will use is like, Oh, well, I, you know, I wish I had the confidence of like of a mediocre, like white man. I'm like, you know, a lot of blue collar men, most like built America, like, and just like every other country too, right? Like the, the, whatever race you are, they built this world. Um, and I'm not saying that women don't have a part, like women have all these things that that's a whole other discussion like that men, you know, they have this whole other arena of abilities that men don't have. Um, but I think in terms of what's wrong with the world, it's like you have technology that's really allowed the worst in human behavior. And a lot of people who are um, ungrateful and a lot of people who are, you know, they're just raising this to think that all this is normal you know, the, the protect our democracy kind of people. Um, and it, it really allowed for a lot of, a lot of bad characters to, to take charge. And what's unfortunate is a lot of people don't think about it. Um, you know, I think, I think one thing that you, you we, we briefly talked to talked about was, uh, you know, the modern man or the modern father. Um, like when I go to my son's events or like, you know, whether it's his like swim or karate, Oftentimes I see the father, he's like hunched over on his phone. It's like, he looks like a question mark, you know, looking at his phone and <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. you only have 30 minutes or 45 minutes, whatever it may be for, to watch your kid for this time. And they're, they're trying their best. Like, you know, like, um, at whatever skill they're trying to sharpen or whatever. And you have to remember when you're young, like all those little moments are so big for you. You know, it's like this other hole they're feeling that, you know, you often forget when you're old because you get jaded by a lot of things. Like, you know, some things just don't, you know, cheesecake doesn't taste as sweet or when you're older, whatever you like to eat or whatever. <laughs> but like the, the the dads forget that. And not only that, but these guys, they're like pasty. They're like wearing the marble tees. Like every cliche that you see on the internet, people are like, oh, it's just the internet. I'm like, it's not just the internet. It's real life. These guys are like, I swear these guys, I have to be at least 10 years older than them, but they look like they got 20 years on me. They've got the marble tees, the flip flops, and it's just it's just sad. I'm like, you like what are you what are you doing? Is it your job? Like, you know, like is that what it is? Are you just scrolling on sports? Like I can I, I have a hard time understanding it. And it's not even just the fact that they're not looking at their kids, but it's also like they can't even see themselves, like the way that I see them. And I'm not trying to judge them because I'm like, oh, like people can't wear whatever, whatever they want, or like, oh, like I'm body shaming, but it's like these people don't even respect themselves or they're not even aware of it, which I think most people aren't even aware. They can look in the mirror and they're just like, Oh, I'm, I'm fine. And they're like literally looking at like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Like it's just so <laughs> lost. On that guy. Yeah. So to me, it's like, I feel like technology is exacerbated, like the weakest kind of human phenotype in all of human history. Man. So what's the answer? <laughs> uh, we got, we got <laughs> I think the nationalize answer is what? nationalize the gyms. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> I think the answer is kind of like what you're doing. I think what, or, and also kind of like what I try to do is like you, a lot of men don't usually come to change unless there's some sort of catalyst of pain in their life. But I think what you can do is you can, you can, you can beat that or you mitigate that with your kids. Um, you can, you can instill that into them. I think going through like a, a, a revival of that, or at least we're on the tip of the sphere. Cause I think it's, I still think we're fringe in terms of like making good men. Cause I think there's just been a lot of damage that's been done over the last few decades. 
Um, but I think what we need to do is just be those, the strong fathers for our sons. And I think that means being like a strong man, um, you know, and remembering to have that sort of like ethos in your life and Eritrea, like, like a really strong belief in yourself. So you can be like that beacon for other men. Um, I think a lot of men don't even reflect on that. They just, uh, I think that's, that's the way we change it. Yeah. Yeah. That mindfulness, that presence. And how are you like, I know we're going to go in a sec, but how are you battling? And it sounds like maybe it's not such a battle, you know, the, the need to scroll or the need to be distracted because it's obviously, um, very easy today. Is that easy for you to not be distracted by the so-called modern conveniences or do you work against that? And, and if you do work against it, what does that look like? Yeah, no, I work, I, I work against it. Like, even though I, I post content profusely, like I, you know, if I'm at my, if I'm with my son, like I leave the phone in the car, um, or for, you know, at, at his events. Yeah. It's always in the car charging. Um, and I try to have like, you know, just, just boundaries of like, um, how much I use my phone and to be aware of it. I even, I, I'm also kind of weird. I have like things that I see, like, I call it the TikTok Pixar soy face where I don't know. You see, you see, <laughs> you see people on TikTok or like they'll, they'll make like these like stupid faces or like, like, you know, kind of like the Jim Halpert kind of stuff. I'm really like, uh, right. I'm like, a, I'm almost like a people watcher. Like I, I see those things. I'm like, okay, you have to be really mindful of even tiny things like that because people are losing their personalities too. They can't, they can't form their own facial expressions anymore. Like you, you, you won't be able to unseat anymore. Like you'll see just people making stuff that they, you know, they'll rip their personality from, from sitcoms, from, from just the, the histrionics that people use. So I, even when I'm on social media, I'm like, okay, I have to actively remind myself to not, to not kind of pick up that facial expression or the vernacular. So I, I, I'm even, I'm even weird in that, in that regard. That's actually surprisingly good advice. Like I, that's one of those things that, as you say, like people don't even see themselves when they look in the mirror and it's Gollum staring back at them. Like how many people would even think to check themselves against the creep of the modern sitcom, you know, like that's high level awareness. And I think that's an excellent tip because I'm going, I'm looking at myself now on the screen going like, Oh shit. Like, what is this guy judging about me right now? Like what sitcoms have I been watching? And thank goodness I don't watch TV. Maybe yeah. I've inoculated against it. And I've never scrolled on TikTok because I'm not, you know, like that. But, um, man, that, that scares me to think like what else has creeped in here and what kind of, you know, warfare, if you will, is being waged so that I am no longer myself. Oof. Yeah. People don't, people don't realize it. You just see it start to bleed into real life. And it's like, you're not a Pixar animation you're a human being and they don't they have no idea that they're doing those kind of things and if that can get into you what else is happening to you yeah no kidding man okay well i i would like everything else because i want to go into like all the hilarious stuff now too but uh obviously don't have time for that <laughs> um i want to direct people anywhere you want to direct them but i'm scared that you will no longer have the account that you tell them uh <laughs> so where would you like people to go to or do you care if people follow you like what are you doing coaching are you doing anything with your audience in terms of helping men or is it just sort of like a, a muse right now um 
at, at the moment it's a muse, but I do, I do plan on, I do plan on doing something. I've been putting some stuff together behind the scenes because just because of the influx that I've got from, from messaging, because I, I, I don't discuss it too often with other guys, like maybe like your size, but like, I don't know how to, sometimes with my, my last account, I even thought for a second, I'm like, maybe I need to get like a, uh, um, a social media manager because I, like I said, I got like hundreds of messages every single day. And like, uh, for me, I was like, okay, well maybe there's something there that I could help people with. But then I got, I got terminated. But I think in terms of following me right now, you can follow me at, um, my physique father's revenge. But then I also, on my, on my Instagram, I also have a telegram, which I'll probably be communicating more with people there once I get banned again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right man well i will uh drop show notes into the dad.work slash podcast page so people can find that and i uh, will just keep like a running algorithm updating your new accounts as you continue to get banned um okay man <laughs> well thank you for for coming on the show and sharing that with us i appreciate the time yeah thank you kurt it's great Thank you for listening to the Dad Work Podcast. That's it for this episode. But if you would like to stay in touch between weekly episodes, why don't you go over to Instagram and follow me there? Because I drop a number of things throughout the week that are related to what we talk about on this podcast, but usually go a little bit deeper, provide some tips. You can find me on Instagram at dadwork.curt. That's D-A-D-W-O-R-K dot C-U-R-T. And please, if you have been getting something out of this podcast, if it has touched you, if it has improved your marriage, your parenting, your life, would you please leave a quick review on Apple or Spotify? Leave a rating. If you have a few extra seconds, leave a quick review. That's the best way that we can get this work in the hands of more fathers. And I truly believe that we change the world one father at a time because each father that parents better, that loves better, raises children who do the same. And in just a couple of generations, I feel like we could be living in a world much better than the one we live in today. Your review will help along that path. And I thank you so much for being here to listen. Until next week, we'll see you then.